Well, good morning, everyone. It's such a delight to be with you all again, my spiritual family, as we all gather, although virtually, to, to share some, some reflections and to share in, in what is unfolding in this moment. And as we all know, as Susan and Brenda mentioned, the theme is, is acceptance, releasing resistance and experiencing acceptance. And as I reflected on those words, I realized, you know, I can't release, much less accept anything, um, until I have gone through a forgiveness process. That's been my experience anyways. You know, too often I feel like there's this pressure to move on from a situation, you know, see it, analyze it, put it in its package, put a bow around it, and then send it on its way. You know, we're trying to rush something rather than exploring with curiosity a little bit, you know, what are all of these underlying energies? What was it that caused the resistance in the first place? What does that have to say to us? What does it have to teach us? So for me, if there's resistance, then we really haven't healed the underlying situation. So how can we truly accept it? Or even look at it with eyes that are compassionate, with understanding, maybe one day even gratitude for what it has brought us. And to me, resistance can take many forms. You know, we have, for example, emotions that are triggered, you know, if you're angry or frustrated, you're afraid, that's resistance. Um, it can be in the form of criticizing people, judging, condemning, attacking, labeling, whether it's a person or a situation. That's another form that resistance is revealing itself to us. We may have thoughts that carry any element of attacking or harming another person. It can also be a physical reaction. You know, some of us carry that resistance in our bodies in the form of, you know, we clench our jaws, you know, we tighten our muscles, we get a sick feeling in our stomach. So many ways in which this resistance can show up physically to get our attention. All of those, all of those are ways in which resistance is revealing itself to us, which all means that we're not at peace. Where there is resistance, there is no peace. And when you're feeling this resistance, when you truly feel it, it is a clue, it's, it's a sign that there is some pain, something, some memory, a trauma, something within you that is now surfacing. It's calling. It is calling you to see it, to acknowledge its presence within you so that you can finally liberate it and be at peace. So resistance is actually a friend. It's actually a very good friend because it's like the big finger. It's the finger that is pointing at whatever it is inside of you that is now ready for your attention and it's now ready to be released. Now, by the way, all of this you know, inner resistance and the inner struggles, they play themselves out in the resistance and the struggles that we see in our outer world. And there's so many in the myriad forms that that resistance, resistance takes. Now I've spoken here among you many times and one of the consistent themes in what I share here with you is that, you know, we, we are the ones who are projecting what we experience in the world. We are projecting that with our thoughts, with our beliefs, with our emotions. We're doing it consciously, we're doing it unconsciously. 
often unconsciously, we, we put that out into the world. And the world responds to us to confirm what we believe and what we think. And so the only way for me to change what we see out there, first and foremost, is to clear all of those energies within us. You know, I like to think of them as like clouds or veils or coverings, something that's kind of hiding or layering, putting a layer over what the truth of who we truly are is. And Susan mentioned this in the first meditation. We are light. We are love. We are the Christ. We are children of one God. And we are here. We are here to extend that, to extend this truth of who we are in blessing out onto the world. Resistance is the clue that this veil, that this covering exists. And forgiveness, for me anyways, is the way to remove those veils. Now, what does it mean to forgive? Okay, there are a lot of, there are a lot of ideas on what forgiveness is, and I think all are valid, and in many ways they all interweave and they all work together. But I would, what I would like to share with you is my personal experience with forgiveness. You know, of course we know, we all here know, forgiveness is, is for us, above all things. It's not about freeing the other, but above all else, it's about freeing ourselves. But we also know that universal law states that what I do for myself, I do for my brother. What I liberate in me, I liberate in them. Because in truth, there is no separation among us. Separation is just another thought, another veil that is covering the truth of who we are. You know, I had to do some, uh, some forgiveness work on myself recently, and uh, I thought I had done plenty of forgiveness work, so uh, this was a bit of a surprise. Um, but uh, there was an aspect to forgiveness, actually, that truly took me, took me, off, took me off guard. Um, and it was when I realized that um, I couldn't fully accept forgiveness. I couldn't accept that God had forgiven me. And that I much preferred to continue beating myself up than to truly accept, accept that I didn't have to keep punishing myself anymore. And I'm not talking about, you know, beating myself up physically. I'm talking about beating myself up emotionally and mentally. But interestingly, all of this showed up in my body as terrible acid reflux. No matter what I ate or what I drank, it didn't matter. And that was that my way. The acid reflux was my way, my personal way of continually punishing myself and not accepting the forgiveness. I couldn't accept that I had long ago been forgiven. I couldn't accept that there was nothing more that I needed to prove or to demonstrate or to do to deserve this forgiveness. And that I was already forgiven. I couldn't accept that I was already and always was worthy, that I was always loved, and that the time for self-flagellation and self-punishment was over. It was time to accept the forgiveness that had always been mine. And I didn't even realize I was, I was doing it to myself. I, I didn't even realize I was carrying all that weight, carrying that burden that there was still this, this level of guilt and this level of shame within me that was just beyond 
my ability to perceive it. Because, you know, on, on one level, I had forgiven myself for not knowing any better, you know, from acting from a place of fear rather than love. But in a, in a strange way, I was still trying to demonstrate to God that I was worthy of their forgiveness, that I was worthy of all the love that they had deposited in me, and that their love and faith in me wasn't misplaced. You know, it was, it was quite overwhelming. Even thinking about it now, it was quite overwhelming, but so incredibly liberating when I could finally accept that forgiveness. And I think in Christian terms, I think this is what is meant by receiving the atonement, accepting the atonement, accepting that we are forgiven, have always been forgiven. And I think for many of us, you know, it's so much easier to just keep carrying the cross, keep carrying it and punishing ourselves, crucifying ourselves, rather than just lay it down, lay it down at the altar of love, lay it down at the altar of truth, at the altar of all that has already been forgiven. You know, the greatest teaching for me anyways from the life of Jesus wasn't the crucifixion or the cross. It was the power of love, the power of love to forgive all and to overcome all, including death. Now, this is all very deep, very profound work. But to me, this is where peace comes from. This, this is the work that we need to be focusing on. In my, in my opinion, this is the only work that I focus upon. Because when I'm in this place, this is the peace that now extends out into the world. This is what naturally blesses and forgives all that I see. This to me is how I'm changing my world. And I get it, you know, I understand, I, I live in this world too, you know, I look out and, you know, I see what I see and, and I'm tempted like everybody else to criticize and to attack and all of that. And, you know, I know my outer world is showing me my inner world, but what's even harder to accept, and, you know, this is mind-bending and it took me a while to, to truly integrate this. I needed to understand is that what I'm seeing in the outer world is actually the past it's the past because it's already happened in me it's already played out in my inner world in my inner universe and it has just been put out in my outer world so that i can see it so what i'm seeing is not actually the now what i am seeing is what's already happened inside of me mind-bending this is but if i'm the source if I'm the projector, how can it be any other way? And so for me, whatever I'm resisting inside of me is just making that situation or that person stay exactly where they are and exactly how they are. There's no change. What you resist persists. What do I do? Okay. I'm going to maybe share with you what I personally do. You know, there's looking at a specific person, I won't mention who, or a specific situation. When I look at that person, okay, and there I can feel the anxiety in me rising. I can feel the emotions in me. First and foremost, what do I do? First and always, I give whatever is being triggered in me, I give it all, I give it all to be cleared. I give it. I ask my creator, I ask God, I ask to be at peace. I ask to see clearly. 
can ask to be given new insight, new ways of seeing the situation. I want to be given new understanding. I ask especially to see this person as my brother or my sister. Because I know, intellectually, I know that we are one, but somehow I can't seem to find that grace within me to truly, truly see them as that, beyond what they're doing. I can't see them as they truly are yet. That's why I seek within me first. And when I find that I'm finally, I'm feeling a little bit more calm, a little bit more at peace, the fog is lifting, I actually speak to that person in my mind. But I speak to them as if I'm speaking to that part of me that is resisting standing in the light, that is resisting standing in truth, that is resisting love. And what would I say to that part of me that is refusing to be compassionate, to be loving? What would I say to them? And I allow whatever comes up in the moment to be what guides what I say. But I'm not saying it to them. I'm saying it to me, that part of me that is there. And you know, if I'm still tempted and it doesn't work and I can't seem to find the words and I can't seem to find the calms and I still want to accuse them and I want to focus and dwell on what it is that they're doing and what I think they're going to do, I instead now ask the question, would I accuse myself of doing this. This teaching, by the way, is from A Course in Miracles, which is in, it's interesting that you mentioned it um, earlier as one of the as one of the one of the courses that's uh, going to be offered by Unity. This is from a teaching in a, in a Course in Miracles, and it is deeply, deeply powerful. And the question is, would I accuse myself of the things that I am accusing them of? Because hello, you are accusing yourself of this we are not separate there's no separation we are one you know let me let me take a second here let's define you when i keep saying you what is you you me i am not just this physical body and its senses you i i encompass everything that i lay my awareness upon i am that big that grand so are you Everything that comes into your sphere of awareness is you. So if that person or that situation is in your sphere of awareness, well, that means they're the part of you that is now ready to be freed, to be released. That's the resistance that is calling out for love. So if you keep attacking them, you're just keeping them alive in you but free them, and you have freed yourself. You have freed that part of that grand you that you are. And once you free yourself, you have freed them. It's a loop. Continue. You know, all of this can feel, you know, like quite the daunting task. You no, know? all this inner work, I've got to be aware, my thoughts and my feelings and continually clearing and, you know, if you think you're doing it alone, yeah, it can be daunting, but, you know, we are never alone, especially here. We know this. We are never alone. You know, we forget that sometimes we have, we have a wise teacher. We have a loving friend 
that is with us, within us, in every single moment. And you know, if it helps that you envision this wise friend and teacher outside of you as, you know, in the form of someone that you most love, be it like Jesus or Buddha, some ascended master, um, some angel, well, that works too. If it helps that you feel it as something inside of you that's very close to you and energy that's wise and loving, whatever, whatever form it takes, that loving teacher, that wise friend wants to take all of this stuff from us. It wants to heal it from us, to heal it for us. But we have to bring all of this. We have to bring all of this in loving offering to our teacher and our friend. We have to be humble enough, courageous enough to surrender. And to accept that, you know, we don't know everything. You know, we can't possibly know everything. And that to surrender, surrender isn't failure or giving up. Surrender is an opportunity to allow love to enter into our sphere. Love wants to enter. Love wants to support us. We are trying to do all of this healing work. We're trying to do all of this understanding work inside the box, inside the illusion in which we live. But love, God, has a much broader perspective. Love can go right to the root of the problem, to where it originated. We cannot do that. No matter how much work we do, we cannot do that. So call on God, call on love, call on your wise teacher and friend, call on them, lean on them, give them every fear, give them every secret thought, every bit of shame, every guilt, everything that you carry within you, bring it, surrender it, release, release it all over so that they can take it from you and give you in exchange peace. And in that peace, finally, when the veils have fallen, the walls and the hardness, all of it has crumbled down, light can enter. New ways of seeing, new ways of understanding can enter. It's a blessed state. And in that state, you are now forevermore free. Thank you so much.